Well, hey, everybody. Long time no listen. Is that a phrase? Long time no it listen. It is now. Because they can't see us right now. No. But uh, this is the In Context Podcast uh, 2.0, 2.5 I reboot. I don't know. We're on some we're reboot not, number three. Yeah, we're not Windows 7 or whatever. Which one's the bad one? I don't know. I'm a I Mac like guy. I like Windows 7. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I'm a Mac guy, so I stopped Windows, Windows 8 early. was the bane of my oh, existence. Okay, got it. Is that when they try to make it super cool? Yeah, they tried yeah. to make it feel mm-hmm. like Mac and failed. Yep. Nope, that won't work. Uh, if you're a Windows guy, we apologize. Or gal, we apologize to you. Uh, Brandon does. I don't, actually. But uh, we're glad you're joining us here today. Um, we're actually here to talk about uh, the Bible because we, uh, at this podcast, one of the things we want to do, um, and, and at our church, Stonebridge Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, we want to um, lift up the Word of God. So everything that we talk about, we want to filter it through what does what does God have to say about mm-hmm. this? How does God weigh in on this? Yep. And uh, so we are trying our best to make our way through uh, things that we preach and then other topics as well. So we're excited to uh, be back with you and uh, looking forward to um, getting back on the regular with our podcast. So we're excited about that. Um, we're currently, we just started a sermon series in the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Okay, So uh, we are going to talk a little bit, um, especially for those of you who join us who are either members or tenders here at Stonebridge, uh, we're going to talk about why Hebrews. Like, yeah. why, why do we need Hebrews? Because yeah. Martin Luther... I had no time for Hebrews, right? I don't. Yeah, you know, I thought it was James. I, I get <laughs> oh, mixed up maybe. on it. Yeah. I think there were a couple of them. He but, he uh, despised James. But yeah, there were some, and some scholars uh, go back and forth with Hebrews. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's it's it's a puzzling book in lots of ways. Um, you know, it was one of the ones that was more later in the kind of universal recognition in right. the canon. Right. Um, still within the first couple of centuries, but you know, not like it was you know, 1500 or something, but, right. um, and it's, it's different from all the other epistles. Mm-hmm. Like we're not told who wrote it. We're not told, um, you know, who it was to. Right. It reads almost more like a sermon than an mm-hmm. epistle. Although you've got this conclusion at the end where he's like, great so-and-so and Timothy says hi and right. whatever. Right. And so it's just a unique book in its shape and it's unique in its content in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, no other letter is this explicit about quoting the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and the arguments are uh, very carefully constructed, right. very long, sometimes circular. Right. And and so it, it can be an imposing book uh, on first read. And, sure. And so, uh, but as far as why, why Hebrews? Why Hebrews? Why now? Why, I mean, yes, why? There, there, there's all sorts of factors some that can go into you know choosing a, a book for a sermon series, and I, I'm not going to go into like the more general ones, but there's a number of reasons I'm excited about Hebrews right now. Uh, for us at Stonebridge, one is just the the continuity that it provides uh, coming out of the Sermon on the Mount, which we looked at last fall, mm-hmm. which is all about the way of Jesus and walking in that way and what it looks like to follow Him. Hebrews helps us understand what does it take to actually stay on that road, to stay on that right. way, to finish well. Right. Um, because a lot of people get started on that road and and and, and don't and, finish and well. don't finish well. Sure. Unfortunately, it's a it's a sad sad reality. And Hebrews is very burdened with that. Right. Um, that we would finish well. Um, There's I, and just and also um, when we get into Hebrews, it's also one of those books that for me has. Depending on where you land uh, theologically, can cause some very interesting 
dialogues between those of us who would be very, uh, very securely in in the uh, assurance of salvation, and some who seem to think that uh, there are arguments for, um, I guess, backsliding would be the term I grew up with, but sure. like warnings <clears throat> against. So it's there's theologically there's some landmines maybe absolutely, not the best place. absolutely. You have these beautiful, just soaring affirmations and encouragements, right? Um, mixed with sober yeah, stern warnings stern right? warnings yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 i think it there's a any attempt to smooth that tension out is, i think misses the book like right. we, we need right. to hold both of those up now how you how you sort that out in the flow charts of systematic theology yeah. you know <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that right. this season That's probably good. um That's good. but uh yeah you're absolutely right it's it's a uh, it could be a challenging book right and so the transition then from the Sermon to the Mount into Hebrews is an, maybe an amplification. Is that worth talking so. about in terms of Christ, who Christ is, and why yeah. we should listen to, to Him? Yeah, exactly. Because it, it tells us less about how to live and more about why to keep living that way mm, and, and what's at good. stake. Yeah. Um, both from the, again, the posture of encouragement. I mean, there are so many encouragements to persevere and endure and from the posture of warning. Mm-hmm. Like, it does not end well if you don't hold fast to Christ. Sure, yeah. So, so what's the role then? I mean, so the whole book of Hebrews is like, uh, there's there's an idea of kind of copies or substance and shadow, mm-hmm. right? The shadow is what we see in a lot of cases in the Old Testament, because yep. even like in right off the bat, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So it's not it's not a denigration of Correct. things that came before, Correct. but it is a very strong pointing um, to, uh, to Christ away from holding on to those things. Yes. Now yeah. what what and what's why what's the importance of the the emphasis of that then as we look at Hebrews? Yeah. Um I I mean there's there's practical and theological importances, you know. So for the first readers, it seems that they were being uh pressured quite strongly to revert to Judaism, mm-hmm. um whether to avoid persecution from the Jews or perhaps even from the Gentiles cuz it seems like uh Christianity was still illegal at this point, whereas Judaism wasn't, and so right. you know, just come back, come back over, you know. So, th- <laughs> so there's practical realities that doesn't apl- that specific occasion doesn't apply as much to us in Midwestern Iowa today, right? But what does then? Like, what's yeah. the, what would be the uh, what would be the the line from that ap- then them then yeah. to us now then? Yeah, I would see a couple of things. I think one is the temptation to try and divorce Old Testament from New. Mm. Um, so you could take what Hebrew says about Jesus and use that to tear down the Old Testament, like we don't need to pay attention to it anymore, it's right. irrelevant. I think right. that would be a mistake, sure. because again, he's, ba- he's anchoring his entire argument in the Old in Testament. The Old Testament sure. um, this is a great book for learning about how Christ is the fulfillment of all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other side for us today, we may not be tempted to, to revert to Judaism, or to follow the Mosaic law per se, but we have all sorts of cheap imitations that Mm. we would hold up. Our Mm -hmm. own religious traditions, our own religious systems that we turn into kind of a 
uh, a cheaper younger brother copycat <laughs> of the law. Yeah. And and whether that takes place in, in a kind of a traditional fundamentalist scenario where you've got your list of rules for church going and not playing cards or whatever, mm-hmm. or whether it takes place in a progressive fundamentalist context where activism and recycling and whatever else becomes the works we must do right. to gain favor with God and man. And so that it Hebrews pushes against the legalism in our hearts mm. that shows itself in any culture in any time. Yeah, man, that's an interesting point too cuz even as you just mentioned, we tend to think we we tend to think in categories of legalism and licentiousness, but licentiousness is not it's a different kind of legalism, mm-hmm. right? It's a commitment to it's a commitment to living in a way that is still kind of Unless you do these things, you're not truly free. Yeah, right? it's like, the law of self. Right. Yeah, right? Sure. yeah, yeah, sure. It's but that's an legalism. interesting way to look at it. Like the because inst- I have always looked at it as the divide between again legalism and licentiousness. The you know do this versus do what you want. But mm-hmm. do what you want is kind of a well. Was it? Uh, uh, I think it was Alistair Crowley. I know it's weird to quote him in a podcast, but I think he said, "In the whole of the law, will be um, do as thou wilt." Right, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. the the idea, but it's still there's something that gets captured there, even in that that weirdness of, of yeah. the living for self. Is it still is kind of a law that binds you to yeah. legalism? Yeah. yeah, and and those who uphold that as the you know the premier measure, uh, they will judge you for not being true to yourself. Right, right. Yeah. So sure, sure. Um, ah, it's great. And you know, on the other side of that, I do think it pushes against what we would traditionally consider licentiousness, too. Though, sure, you, you right, know, with right. all of the warning passages um, and, and such, that uh, with the temptation to take the gospel for granted, to right. um, uh, to presume upon the grace of God, as, right. as Paul puts it in Romans. So, I think that's a huge, um, a huge temptation, which. You know what I love is as stern as those warning passages are. We're going to see when we when we get there. They're always followed up by, but I but yeah. better things are, are in right. store for you type thing. You know, uh, right. we have a better hope, and, and Eyes so on the prize. There there yeah. is an encouragement and um, and that push to persevere and to endure amid suffering, amid the battle of sin, battle against sin, persecution, and so on. Right, and so with that point as well, when we look into the book of Hebrews, the thing that we're we don't want to get bogged down just with the concept of, hey, don't do this. We want to get we want to get bogged down with, and what the author of Hebrews eventually says is looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So it's really drawing our eyes to Jesus naturally takes our eyes off of the things that we thought were going to be good for our sufficiency. Right. This this book is the embodiment of what Thomas Chalmers was talking about with the expulsive power of Mm. a. I right. forget the exact wording uh, of new, a new affection, new affection yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't just say no to something you used to love. You have to replace it with something that is more lovely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's that is how the author of Hebrews argues for uh, endurance and, mm-hmm. and and how he argues for persevering, holding fast to Christ, not by just telling us how bad it is if we don't, but by showing us the beauty of Jesus from right. every single angle. Like, it is just, um, 
and it, you know we we've called the series better uh, Jesus, Jesus is, is better, better sure. which you know if you Google ser- sermon series on <laughs> Hebrews every church calls their series some but form of that right it's yeah. so hard to improve because that is such a a dominant theme throughout the book the superiority and supremacy of Christ he's better than the prophets he's better than the angels he's right. better than Moses and Joshua right. and better than Aaron and the priests and the priesthood and the old covenant and the yeah. the old sacrifice you know and just the list goes on and on to show from every possible angle relative to ancient Israel's old covenant the superiority supremacy of Jesus as the fulfillment of all of that right and and, and then yeah what you said a second ago his major instruction you know uh comes in, in, in many ways in chapter 12, right. verses 1, mm-hmm. 1 and 2, fix your eyes on Jesus. Right. Uh, we have this greater hope. We have this confidence. We, have, we can draw near. So if you're going to persevere, uh, don't fix your eyes on yourself yeah. and your weakness or right. your strength or right. whatever it is. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's right. better in every way. And, yeah. and so... But so then a lot of the op- applications, because, you know, especially when we're preaching through something, people are going to be like, well, what do I do then? <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is a funny response to when we're talking about it. But it is just like to, to ping back to Hebrews chapter 12, you know, you get the idea of, hey, strengthen your hands, mm-hmm. you know, strengthen your knees yep. and, and look to Jesus. So it's yep. not like there's no effort involved. It's just all the effort that is worth anything is based on the motivation of yeah. looking to what Christ has already accomplished, yeah, right? Absolutely. So then that's all, in some way, shape, or form, what's going to combat our tendencies to drift towards either legalism or, or you know, licentiousness or any of those things, to drift away into sort of hopelessness in mm-hmm. life, what's going to draw us away from that is a continual looking to uh, the work and the person of yeah. Jesus Christ, absolutely as, absolutely, as the solution. Yeah, remembering what He's already accomplished for us. Right. How you know, chapter seven is just so beautiful. Like one one sacrifice for all time. Like it is mm. so finished. Uh, and uh, looking to Him in the present, uh, sitting at the right hand of God, uh, right. ruling. Uh, he always lives to make intercession for us. Like yeah. there's so much, which uh, you know, to your point. Um, it's not that it doesn't involve striving or sure, effort. You know, right. strive for holiness, chapter 12, right? Right. Um, but all of our striving is flowing from the finished work of Christ, sure. depending on it, applying it, looking to it, remembering it, longing for it, you know. So it is It is such a Jesus-centered book, and, and the application is... If the application isn't tied to Christ and, and what He's done, what He's doing, what He will do... We're not reading Hebrews well, mm. um, which makes it a challenge in preaching, to be honest, because yeah. <laughs> every single sermon I want to end with chapter 12, verse 1, okay, therefore, <laughs> yeah. keep your eyes on Jesus, and, and I don't think that's a foul, but it might feel redundant or formulaic after a while, so, you know, teachers and preachers of Hebrews have to be not creative, but mm. specific, Yeah, uh, right. you know, because again, there you could... If you make the point, all of the points about Jesus being a better priest in chapter four, what are you going to talk about when you get to chapter seven mm-hmm. when he comes back to that? You know, so you right. have to kind of pace yourself sure. and fly as close to the grain of the text as possible, so that I am applying what chapter four has to say about right. Jesus and his priesthood, and letting chapter seven say what it says. Mm. Um, so, just you know. Uh, in terms of teaching, preaching, applying, there are challenges in this book. Sure. Um, 
but that's you know part of the beauty is uh, we get to hear this this call. We get to see Christ from so many angles. Hear this call again and again and again to keep our eyes on Him, to hold fast to Him, to not let go of our confession, um, and uh, and all of that uh, based on the superiority, supremacy, sufficiency mm. of Christ. So in in a certain way, and I'm taking some license with this, and in, in a certain <laughs> way. Uh, Looking at the book of Hebrews as it relates to Jesus is almost like you've got you've been staring at a painting and you know what the painting is. Mm-hmm. But the more you like, if you have a great work of art in your house, there are times where you'll go like my wife paints. I think she does a pretty good job, you know. And there are times I'll go up and just look at her brushstrokes and be like, "How in the world did she even come up with mm-hmm. that to make that?" And mm-hmm. you step back from it and you're like, "Man, this is a great picture." But it's even more amazing when you get to look at yes. the, nu- the nuance of how all those little things come together to create the whole yeah, picture. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's what it is, right? So if we're if you're parsing out and if you're listening this morning and you're an expositor, you're a teacher of the Bible, like Hebrews is one of those books where, like Brandon said, you pace yourself, don't immediately try to run ahead to the overall picture, but take your time to present yeah. these aspects that... Um, are presenting Christ, hey, here's one way in which we don't go back to the mm-hmm. law because the law is insufficient to really accomplish yeah. Yeah. what we hope it would, but here's how Jesus does that, yeah. right? Here's why angels are inferior mm-hmm. to Jesus mm-hmm. and why yeah. we shouldn't focus on this, but yeah. focus on this. Yeah. It, is, it is a wonderful <clears throat> playground, and I don't mean that in a cheap way, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. but a, a wonderful playground for preachers and teachers because... As you've said, you know, the closer you get, you see this remarkable detail mm-hmm. in the breaststrokes. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you only preach that breaststroke, you end up missing, missing the, the bigger argument sure. of that section. And so, right. you know, you have to wrestle with how, what level of zoom are we going to operate? Mm. You know, if you pull all the way back, you, you miss so many wonderful details. Right. Uh, we're going, what I would say, at a pretty broad pace, you know, we're taking, like, when we get to chapter 7, we'll do that in a single sermon, Mm. which sounds crazy and feels crazy, and at times I regret that decision, (laughs) but but it takes him that long to make the main point he's trying to make about Jesus and Melchizedek and the priesthood, and so, um, and and I don't think that's the one right way to do it, that's why I kind of call it a playground, like, Mm -hmm. you can try different ways of working through at different paces and at different levels of detail, um, but boy, sitting and staring at a painting that we've seen before, mm. that's a beautiful picture mm. of what this book's inviting us to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to work through it. So if you, if you had to concisely say, uh, f- for this particular series, what is the thing that you hope the most that our mm. people will walk away with? That's a great question. Um, two or three things. So... I mean, this is the goal of all of my pastoral ministry, not just the book of Hebrews. I right. want people to be utterly and absolutely convinced of the supremacy and su- mm. sufficiency of Jesus. Yeah. Like that, that is just like this, I, this is oxygen. Without it, I've got nothing, <laughs> right, right? Sure. So that is a major goal. Um, but relative to that then, if, that, if I'm convinced of that, that's going to shape the way that I walk with Jesus. Yeah. And, and so... We, we can get so fixated on different aspects of, of different challenges in life, different scenarios. I mean, the, the, the people that we're being written to, if we think America's weird and hard and, and getting, <laughs> getting difficult, and, and, and there's, re- yeah. there's real challenges. Sure. 
you know, but nothing, to, to, yeah. nothing like well, you have not yeah. yet resisted sin to the point to of shedding, shedding your blood, blood. right? Yeah. Nobody's dying in America for their <laughs> right. faith right now, right. Right? right? And 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 yet, you know, when we get our property confiscated, we don't celebrate that. We no. file lawsuits yeah. and what you right. know. So, and you know, there's there's all sorts of angles one can look at those situations. But, but Jesus redeems your response to persecution too, right? If like, if, yeah. if all of my hope is fixed on the world to come, mm. the promised inheritance that all mm. of these great saints died without receiving because they're waiting to get it with us. Right, yeah. Then, and if Jesus is that beautiful and that worth waiting for, that ought to change the way I navigate a broken world. Mm. It ought to change the way I put my faith into practice sure. at home, Man. in the workplace. So that's what I'm excited about. Taking that, you know, we, we looked at the surprising way of Jesus in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. And that rocked our world, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope is that this make this brings it, like you said, it amplifies it. Yeah. It brings it to a new level, um, bolstered by an overwhelming affection and stability in Christ. Yeah, right. Man, so, I'm excited. Me too. I'm pumped now. I'm glad we <laughs> talked about this. But we would invite you, if you're listening, um, especially, obviously, if you're a member or attender at Stonebridge, uh, we... Hope you'll join us through the duration of the series and uh, pop in on the podcast. We'll be talking through some of the specifics as we get into some of these weeks, talking about angels or even Melchizedek and some of the weird stuff like Come that. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit more into that. Maybe give some more background and some Old Testament background to uh, what we can't get to in the sermons. Mm, yeah. Um, so we'd invite you to join us in that, and uh, we'll also be hitting some other topics um, through the late winter into the spring. So we're excited, we're excited to be back with you guys, and I encourage you to. Uh, check out our website if you uh, so desire, stonebridge.church. Uh, you can find all sorts of information about our church there. But um, uh, we're excited to, to talk about how great Jesus is, and uh, we hope and trust that you've trusted in him. And uh, if you haven't, we'd love to talk to you about that. And uh, if you have, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.